A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Mm, let me take a look at what's on your menu this morning. We are going to be talking about what's happening at the State House. Joint Finance Committee came out with some of their recommendations as far as budget's concerned, and it's good news for a lot of Wisconsin agriculture. More of our university extension sources coming back into play, and agriculture exports getting some financial help. Speaking of financial help, there's a couple bills that are being proposed that would help people that want to get into the trucking industry. We'll talk about that. We've got a conversation with Cody Coster coming up from Everag. He'll give us an update on what's influencing our dairy prices. So an awful lot on this menu. Oh, by the way, I'm PM Yankee. So glad you're along with us. The fabulous farm babe. Feeling pretty good after yesterday's temperatures, but today... Cooling down just a little bit. Cloudy skies on our Thursday, 27 the expected high. But then tomorrow, we're going to bounce up to 37 degrees. Possibility of afternoon snow showers, maybe even a little rain. We'll have to watch and see what develops there. For Saturday, sunshine and 15. Super Bowl Sunday, clouds and 19. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has details coming up. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a Young Farmer and Agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When you look at the University of Wisconsin College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, you look at some leaders that have been very prominent, to say the least, in agriculture over the years, Elton Aberly, Leo Walsh, Molly John, and most recently, Kate Vandenbosch. Bob Bosold, a graduate of the University of Wisconsin College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, now doing the farm news here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Pam, another change is coming soon in the leadership at the college. Yeah, that's right, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest part of Madison, where we are getting ready to bid farewell to Dean Kate Vandenbosch, Dean of the College of Ag and Life Sciences for uh, basically going on 12 years now. She had announced last fall that she's going to be ending at the end of this academic term. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Dean Kate at the recent UW Ag Outlook Forum and talk a little bit about what the terrain was like when she took the job here in Madison. She came to us from the University of Minnesota prior to that, Texas A&M. What were things like, not just as far as the college campus was concerned, but the agriculture climate in Wisconsin overall? 
She reminisced a little bit before we fast forward to where she's headed next. Well, thanks, Pam. And, uh, you know, that was 2012, so almost 10 years ago now. Uh, I know, time really does pass quickly. And one of the first decisions I had to make was, were we going to go ahead with a request for uh, to the legislature for support on one facility or two? And we went ahead with two. And today, um, we have a finished meat lab mm -hmm. uh, that we've been uh, working in, living in. In, uh, doing research in for a year now, and uh, our Babcock Hall project uh, is coming down the downhill slope towards yeah. compl uh, completion. Center for Dairy Research is in there, and now we need to complete the dairy plant. So it's really gratifying after years of buildup that we now have those facilities. And uh, so that was a decision made early that I think has paid off really well. The other thing was um, at the time that I arrived, the college hadn't collectively done strategic planning for some time mm -hmm. and so we undertook that and then you know just learning to think strategically on an annual basis mm -hmm. became a part of who we are and I think that prepares you for uh, opportunity when it strikes you know what your priorities are mm -hmm. um, and, and you go out after them mm -hmm. um, so that has included um, uh, a lot of environmental issues mm -hmm. how agriculture fits with with that mm -hmm. uh, it has included um, under a couple of really big trends uh, have been understanding the microbiome mm -hmm. the microbial communities in every context from human health to the soil to animal health and that is something where we've built enormous strength and and we still has a lot of capability uh, another area is the importance of data science and everything that we do yeah. in agriculture and the life sciences and, uh, you know, right now we are actually doing some planning on what, where are our strengths, where do we need to invest to keep us really, really strong there. Um, so, so that strategic planning has been um, a, a theme, and I hear from my department chairs that they like that momentum and they want to keep that going. Yeah, that momentum just didn't happen perchance. You've concentrated, you're very open with your dialogue, be it elected officials, organizations, associations, commodity groups. You keep that, you keep that relationship up all the way around, and we were talking about for example, state budget, it is paying dividends mending those fences. Absolutely. The relationships, you, I can't say enough about how important those are. And that is with some key legislators. Mm -hmm. But I would say even more than that, it's with our commodity groups and mm -hmm. professional organizations, um, getting to know one another, knowing what their priorities were, ours, where we had joint priorities. It's been huge. I never could have foreseen the dairy hub the Dairy Innovation Hub, which was has been a fantastic investment, not only in CALS, but in UW, our, our partner campuses, you know, mm -hmm. at River Falls and Platteville. Um, we're into year three now of that investment. It's making such a huge payoff. And it has also um, not only increased our capacity for research and attracting top talent to this state, which we envisioned, but it really has made closer uh, ties among the three campuses. Um, mm -hmm. At every level, leadership to students and faculty in between. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's been a great payoff, and that has been because our stakeholders advocated for it. Mm -hmm. It gives me a lot of pleasure to see uh, issues like this, where we've had bipartisan support mm -hmm. at the state level, at the federal level. Agriculture is meaningful to everybody, uh, and understanding that you know, knowing that our our elected officials get that. Uh, and will support us has been, you know, such a 
big boost. Dean Kate Vandenbosch, along with the College of Ag and Life Sciences, we know that uh, she has announced she'll be departing and uh, search is underway. Tell me a little bit about your peers at other agriculture schools around the United States. What have they been facing? You know, Kate, you had to go through a pandemic and that impacted not only your uh, student population, your uh, educational modes, it impacted everything. How are they doing versus you? Did you learn from each other? Tell us what it was like to be calling the shots during a pandemic where there was no playbook. Oh yeah, there were a lot of challenges. I think the first challenge was, um, uh, how are we going to be able, we had to get off campus. Mm -hmm. How are we going to be able to resume research so that we won't lose a, a whole season for the people that do field research? And that was a place where the peers uh, really interacted. How are you evaluating risk and how are you getting people out there? Remember, that was March when we had to shut down. That's a pretty critical time for planning a field season. And due to a lot of effort uh, of folks on campus, uh, we, we didn't miss much. You know, we were able to keep moving forward. I know that a lot of our faculty put the needs of their graduate students first. So if they had to cut back, they cut back something else. Mm -hmm. So to keep the, the research of the graduate students moving forward. Uh, and I know that sharing tips was really important among our associate deans spread across the Midwest, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of coping with uh, the on-campus stress and instruction, uh, a lot of uh, tip sharing also, yeah. 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 So you've lived through this, um, and we wish you nothing but a wonderful time as you uh, exit the position. But if you were to leave a notebook, Kate's thoughts, Kate's suggestions, things you better know as you come into this position, give me some of the things that you hope are learned pretty quickly for that next person coming in? Well, let's go back to relationships. Um, you know, it's important for the dean to have those relationships. It's not all on the dean, though, because there are a lot of people that help uh, help maintain those relationships and can make introductions. So when we're thinking about uh, the, you know, I can imagine a, a big fat binder full of briefing information. Uh, visually, that's what it is for me. Uh, who are some of the important contacts around the state that, that people will want to get, you know, the person will want to get acquainted with first, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, knowing where we've made investments and where, because of those investments, it's a priority for right. continued success. The meat lab, the dairy program, the dairy hub, mm -hmm. um, uh, the the investment we've had in personnel um, in, in our potato research, in cranberry mm -hmm. research. Yeah. Um, all of those are, are really, really huge things. You know, another place where we've expanded, Pam, has been in organic agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a pretty high-ranking state when it comes to acreage and number of farms, and um, we have increased our capacity there, built some relationships there as well. Um, so, so that's important, too. When you lay awake at night, Kate, what worries you? Not just necessarily about your day-to-day -day or anything like that, but what worries you maybe about where we're at with agriculture campuses across the United States, uh, the opinion of uh, elected officials, the opinion of non-farm consumers? What worries you that you hope will be addressed? 
Well, I worry about the instruction side, not how our capability to, to teach and, and do a good job, but our enrollment has been off our peak, which was about 14, 15, mm -hmm. 2014, 2015, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we are not seeing the numbers of students coming to mm -hmm. us. I think that's a shift in where students are coming from, uh, and we need to do more to attract more students uh, into to the field and um, get those students uh, uh, into their professional directions um, mm -hmm. The jobs are out there. The need is out there for advanced learning, not just bachelors, but the research degrees. Uh, so, so that's something that, that keeps me awake at night. Also, I think our, you know, a, a pandemic worry uh, is that it's been a really rough patch for our our young people, yeah. uh, both our, you know, kids in, in school coming up, uh, in high school, um, and uh, in college, such important formulative uh, years, uh, and uh, they everybody has done their level best, but it still has an impact not being able to always be together. Um, yeah stresses that are on kids so that's happens an important part of their life and we want to be mindful of that going forward as we continue to support this generation of people as they complete their education and enter the work world mm -hmm. yeah definitely something that no answers right now a story that will be told over time how's your story going to go from here then Kate any plans is it just take a breath for a little while or what do you look forward to well, Pam, um, I think there's going to be some breathtaking. I think that I, I need to completely stop in this role before I get the plans completely firmed. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do know is my husband and I are, are uh, staying in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to being part of this this community, both campus and Madison and Dane County and the state, and not being the dean, just being able to be a citizen of this area. Um, early on on my to-do list, I'm going to do Master gardener training. I hope to be involved in some science communication projects at some level. I don't know how that is. And the rest will the rest will come. The rest will come indeed. That's Dean Kate Vandenbosch, Dean of the College of Ag and Life Sciences at UW-Madison. And uh, she has reason to be optimistic that other things will present itself. Before she became Dean at CALS, she was the head of the plant biology department at the University of Minnesota and was also their interim dean there of their new College of Food, Agricultural, and Natural Resource Sciences. Uh, she also had been at uh, faculty level at Texas A&M. So like she said, something will present itself. From the southern end of the world's longest part of Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In today's ultra-competitive home market, it's important that you have a local lender on your side to get your offer accepted. Sellers and realtors want to work with me because they know there will be no surprises and the deal get done on time. Educated mortgage, smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222652. Rural mutual insurance, keeping strong. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin 
So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Imagine a brand new maintenance-free look for your home's exterior. Have Prairie Exteriors show you options like architecturally designed siding, which can give you the look of cedar without the worry of woodpeckers or painting. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Alrighty, running tight on time for a Thursday morning, but never running out of content as far as weather is concerned. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. I see that some folks are expecting a little bit of precipitation. Is it going to be snow or going to be rain? It depends exactly where you are. Some snow at La Crosse and Mauston, but even there may be a little drizzle or freezing drizzle late tonight, early tomorrow. A system out of Canada is going to drop on in, and I expect later tonight and into Friday we'll see that mix of precipitation developing. There may be up to an inch or so in many locations, maybe two as we look toward Oshkosh and Mauston, a little lighter elsewhere. But that mix of precipitation possibility, and it's followed up by a shift of winds to the north Friday night, meaning a big cool down as we look toward Saturday and Sunday. I'll have the forecast right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, how about that forecast? All right, let's talk today about skies that become mostly cloudy, and it does stay fairly mild, a lot like normal, upper 20s, 28, 29, maybe a 30 here or there. Northwest winds will become southwest later today, 5 to 15. Overnight, cloudy skies, and that's when there could be rain or snow, maybe a little freezing light rain or freezing drizzle as we head toward daybreak tomorrow. Temperatures tonight getting more mild, rising up into the mid-30s, and that's with the south wind that could increase in the night, 10 to 20, even gusting to 35. Tomorrow, still that snow, maybe a little rain-snow mix as we get things underway, but it will taper off and in. Like I've said, a lot of inch or so from Madison to Beaver Dam, an inch plus at Fond du Lac, 
could be a little heavier at Oshkosh to Boston and back to an inch or so around La Crosse. I'd expect tomorrow that uh, we'd see those temps from the upper 30s drop during the day as winds become more west, gusting near 30. And then by Saturday, mostly sunny and get ready. Mid-teens for highs on Saturday, north winds at 5 to 15. We might see a 20 or so by Sunday, Pam, so a lot of colder air following behind this system to start the weekend. Well, we saw that coming, So, and not to be unexpected for the 10th of February. Good enough. Thanks, Stu. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. You bet. Have a great day. All right. Stu Mock, Ag Meteorologist, keeping us uh, posted on what's happening with our weather details. Everybody this morning waking up with temperatures that are uh, generally in the upper teens to mid-20s. So quite a little change from where we were at yesterday. But like Stu said, more changes on the horizon. Cody Coster from Everag is on our horizon this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
What to do with three days off each week? A quick trip up north? Hit the bike trails around the Driftless? Or just lounge around binge-watching your favorite movies? When you work at Cardinal Glass in Mazamani, your career is world-class so you can live first-class. You work four days a week with three days off. Cardinal Glass in Mazamani is now hiring production associates and maintenance, competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit-sharing, and more. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. When we help accident victims, we fight to get them full justice, nothing less. That means all of the losses your injuries cause, medical bills, lost wages, and compensation for all your pain and suffering, now and in the future. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we rely on thorough analysis, detailed preparation, and a strong compassion for our clients to help you achieve your maximum recovery. Over decades of helping accident victims, we've built a track record of success that you can trust. When you choose Clifford and Rihala, we'll fight to make those responsible for your injuries pay you nothing less than the full compensation you deserve to make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you for justice, myjustice.com. If you talk, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. But then, Barry, watching on TV, we got the Olympics. Yeah. Dude, how cool is it to see? Now, some of these games, like, I, I don't know, like, how to describe what I'm seeing and watching. or what, But hockey, I can, right? How cool is it to have the Olympics now in full force um, for hockey? Like, what this means big stuff for, obviously, the countrymen. But what does it feel like to have the hockey, uh, hockey on TV for the Olympics? Well, there's sort of two feelings out there. It's like, well, gosh, we're missing the NHL the world's best, you know, that that's that sort of feeling where it just happened the last couple of months where the, the NHL, you know, superstars were not playing and representing the country. So you have that sort of feeling and you put that aside, that just wasn't going to happen. And mm-hmm. it just, it just, it didn't come to play. And then you have sort of the story of like, okay, now you have real young U S team over there, some college kids, you know, there's, there's kids that were playing against, you know, for Michigan, you know, a couple of weekends ago that were playing against Wisconsin that were going to represent the country playing for the Olympic team. So really, really good stories. There was a great story about the third string goaltender, a journeyman, you know, 34 years old. I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, he's been up and down in the minor leagues and all of a sudden he got the call to be on the Olympic team to represent your countries. But and What's then, that like? Well, it's uh, it's it's phenomenal when you put when you when you first get your gear, you show up at the, you know, so the sort of uh, I fulfillment have, center, I guess. It is, I am you know? looking right here. I I googled Barry Richter Team USA You're there for processing, and here is a a card. 
Look at this. A top stadium club card of yeah. Barry Richter. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Height 6'2", weight 205, shoots left, born. Uh, we don't need to age you there, Barry. <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin, hometown Madison. What is it like to don the the, the red, white, and blue, the USA? Oh, it's, a, it's, it's really just a dream come true. Growing up watching Bobby Souter and Mark Johnson represent Team USA 1980 when they won the gold, the Miracle on Ice, which is a great, great story. And and hockey history, not only hockey history, but just sports in general, just the the U.S. team beating the famed Russians. And uh, and now you have a really young team, you know, and, but, the, but the feeling is great. When you do put the red, white, and blue and you get out there, you represent your country, and, and you get to go to other events, you know, possibly. Hopefully they have some downtime to go to go watch some different events, but you're in this sort of oh. area where it's just, and they're probably just. I think China's sh- really jamming them up. I think they're just throwing back in the quarantine. Hotel. I think they're all in a big <laughs> bubble, So, but, but they're all there. The athletes are all there. Is this the closest thing that the U.S. has had to amateurs since 1980? Yep. 1994. Yeah, since, since the last time we played, it is uh, the youngest team since our team, 1994. So when you have that, and you're putting a hodge, you're putting sort of a team together from all over. They haven't practiced with each other, and then you're going to play against European teams that their national teams have, have played with each other. So you have a little bit of uphill battle against the Russians and mullet. the Swedes and everything. Do you have these cards? I do have those cards. <laughs> do you have these cards? Yeah. This dude, Barry, I I need to get my. You know, there's an autographed one. Barry Richter autographed card. Look at this thing. <laughs> this thing is legit. Barry, the mullet in this one is fantastic. <laughs> One of the Mullets are in nowadays. Look at that. Look, 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 look at Barry Richter, Brody. one of the top backline collegiate performers in the country last season. Richter. Oh, I just clicked on the wrong button. Damn it. I'm just curious how you think United States is going to do, being that they are playing with a lot of younger players versus a lot of guys, not necessarily that are professional, but potentially European professionals. Yeah, I think they they will do. They're going to be right in the mix. But once again, as I've always said, hockey is a great parity game. And and if you have some goaltending, you have some teams that will click, and you have a short window of two weeks, they can make things happen. They definitely can make things happen. But you know, playing on the wider rink, so the the, the ice sheet is a little bit larger than what these younger uh, kids are playing on over well, in the United States. That's a pretty big difference, right? It's a big difference. Yeah. You got 15 feet of wide. That's and, what I was curious. And the Europeans about. are used to that. Europeans I was curious that. because we know NHL plays on a different rank than Olympic size, but not all college kids play on NHL size because there aren't there different uh, arenas and different yep. sheets of ice depending on where you're playing. Cole Sanders, 97 feet wide. Yeah, NHL ranks are 85 feet wide. Minnesota's 100 feet wide. Wow. And that's the largest it can be. 100, 200 by 100 is the Olympic size sheet. And so it's. Why is that uh, not uniform? Like, why is it that should not be like uniform. uniform thing? It should be uniform. There was a, just to give you a little historical perspective, <laughs> back in the, the, the middle 90s is when there was this push to go to a wider rink for skill. Mm-hmm. For skill. And then that just didn't work, and it just it, it's, <laughs> and so you have these work. rinks that are out there that are that are that kind of size, and but but when you go over to Europe, they are one hundred by two hundred. They are very large, but they play the game, and all the players are very skilled and fast. So there's a big difference there, you know, in terms of hmm. how they play the game compared to how we grew up playing the game, which is a little more physical. Yeah, Barry Richter joining us right now, talking Olympic hockey. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cooler today, cloudy skies in 27, maybe some light snow coming our way tonight. Then tomorrow we'll bounce up to 37 with some morning rain possible. Saturday, cooling down again, 15 degrees. 
Super Bowl Sunday, 19 degrees. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Don't forget our friend Cody Costers with EverAg is going to be joining us live this morning with the latest information that's influencing our dairy complex. Stick around for that. So today is the 10th day of February. On this day back in 1962, Francis Gary Powers, a U.S. spy, was captured by the Soviet Union. He was released on this day in 1962. Powers was exchanged for a captured Soviet spy that the United States had. That happened on this day back in 1962. On this day in 1996, Deep Blue became the very first computer to win a chess game against a reigning world champion. Deep Blue won one game, but Russian world champion in chess Gary Kasparov proceeded to win the match by 4-2. So amazing that at that stage in the game, a human could still beat the machine. What else? Uh, Happy birthdays. The happy birthday this morning to actor Robert Wagner. He is 92 today. Also, actress Laura Dern, 55. Elizabeth Banks is 48. And now you know. Well, we want to keep you posted on what's happening down at the state capitol. Wisconsin's Joint Finance Committee has taken action, and some of their actions could impact agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation pointing out two specific areas that farmers have been engaged in conversation. Uh, Kevin Krentz, the president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, said he wanted to congratulate co-chairs Senator Howard Markline from Spring Green and Representative Mark Bourne from Beaver Dam for making the two items their priorities. Agriculture exports got some financial support. $558,000-plus already committed to a $5 million investment in the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection and our agriculture exports. Then we also have more money going into university extension. The expansion under the Joint Finance Committee budget would fund 11 additional positions that include eight outreach specialists in specific areas and three additional extension faculty on the UW-Madison College of Ag and Life Sciences campuses. Those two items came on unanimous votes in the Joint Finance Committee. Another bill to keep your eye on keeps things moving around the state of Wisconsin. Whether it's a school bus or a milk truck, there are discussions at the state capitol of how we can try to encourage more people to get into the truck driving business. Uh, Pair of lawmakers, Senator Eric Wimberger of Green Bay and Representative Trig Pronchensky from Mondovi, have uh, tried to establish a scholarship program that would pay for up to 50% of the cost of tuition for commercial driver training programs. If trucking companies train the drivers themselves, the bill would require the Department of Transportation to offer grants reimbursing those employers for up to half of the cost. They also want to create grants of $500 for individual drivers that stay with their trucking company for more than a year. You know, keeping things moving around the state of Wisconsin, especially in the winter, is not easy. Some county commissioners are getting creative on how they keep the wheels turning on Wisconsin roadways. Stephanie Hoff's got more. A simple Google search will tell you all the health benefits of beet juice, from lowering blood pressure to improving exercise stamina. But here's another use for it, keeping ice off the roads. Ashland County Highway Commissioner Matt Erickson explains how and why they use beet juice on their roadways. So we use a product 
uh, called Beat 55. We buy it from Smith Graded Fertilizer, SFG. We mix it with salt brine and magnesium chloride. So we use a mixture, 75% salt brine, uh, 20% of the beet product, and 5% of magnesium chloride. We try to apply it to our, our roads at around 30 to 40 gallons per lane mile. We add it to our, our salt as the salt comes off the truck. This, this mixture sprays onto the salt, and uh, it, it helps It helps in a lot of ways, I guess. It helps to activate the salt. Salt does not activate without liquid, so it, it activates the salt. It also uh, uh, lowers the freeze point or the, the real effective temperature of the salt. And then the beet, to talk about the beet product, what it does, I guess, is it makes the mixture more sticky. It, it sticks to the salt better. It sticks to the highway better. It also helps lower that, that temperature, the effective temperature that it works down to. You know, salt doesn't work very good. It gets starts slowing down at about 15 degrees. At 10 degrees, it's getting real slow. So with this mixture, we can run down to zero or below using it on our roads. The beet is also a dark color, so I feel it helps when the sun does come out. It helps collect some of that heat and, and melt that ice a lot faster. So we've been using this mixture, a variation of this mixture, for about 10 years, you know, we started out very small and, and it's it's grown, keeps growing. Seems like yearly we, we use more and more liquids. So that's that's basically what we do with beet juice. How did you even discover this technique, if you will? When I started, I started to, to use more and to play with it and experiment. And it just seemed to, to help a lot. So we, we've been upping our volumes. Now we buy what, three to four tankers, 5,000-gallon tankers per year to add to our mixture. I would say that the supervisor before me was looking for a way to, to make that salt work better at lower temperatures and, and use as liquid to activate that salt. Must have been some supplier at, say, one of our road schools or somewhere that he met that was selling a Breit product and decided to try it. So is it cost-effective? I believe so, yeah. You know, our salt brine is, is cheap. We make that ourselves. And, you know, the beet product costs, I, I think it's around $1.50 a gallon. I'm not exactly 100% sure. But when we mix it down to only at 20% into our mixture, it's very cost effective. The state of Wisconsin is, is pushing liquid use very heavily. They, they push mainly salt brine, but we don't feel salt brine works very good on its own. So we, we need to add some additives to it. And, and beet is a very cost-effective and effective liquid to add. Are other northern counties following suit, or is it, is it just you guys? Other Everybody's using some liquid to a degree. I, I don't know anybody really using it in our area that uses it as much as we do. Some of the southern counties in the state use a lot of liquid, and I'm not sure what, what they use for, for their mixtures. Some of the counties, you may be heard of the product called Beet Heat. They, it's a mixture pre-mixed already. uses beet in a a few other ingredients. We have not used that just because it's it's a little bit more expensive and we're happy with the mixture we're using, so the cost is, is a lot better in that regard. We are up north and it does get cold and we, we feel our roads are as good or better than the counties around us, so yes, we like it. You mentioned the state is moving more towards liquid, and is this for an environmental reason? So they, they feel that you can, the more liquid you use, you know, the less salt you use, which you know, 
you have to remember the, the, the liquid has salt in it also, but they're finding that liquid use reduces the amount of salt in total that can be used on the roads. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an environmental and a cost thing, you know, and they try trying to reduce the cost, but also reduce harm to the environment. Matt, we are the Midwest Farm Report, so I'm interested now in the egg side of things. What do you know about the beets? Do they come from the Midwest? My knowledge of it is it's a byproduct of the beets. You know, it's not the total product. They, you know, squeeze it down and, and take probably a lot of the good product out of it. And it's, it's a byproduct of, of that. So I guess I don't see that we're cutting into the food supply. We're, we're using a byproduct of that. And, and our beet juice generally comes from uh, Minnesota or Dakotas, as far as I know. That's where the trucks come from. Well, there you have it all about beet juice on our roadways from Ashland County Highway Commissioner Matt Erickson. Hey, maybe this is another value-added opportunity for growers. Who knows? Again, Matt Erickson says beet juice can be used to keep roads safe in the winter while also saving the county money and helping out the environment. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Cody Koster with Everag is joining us in just a moment, so let's quick jump on the markets. March corn right now is down a penny. December new crops unchanged at 5.88. March soybeans are up a nickel. November new crop up seven at 14.44. March wheat's up a nickel. July new crop white right now up a nickel, 7.91 a bushel. Barrel cheese yesterday in Chicago dropped three and a quarter cents to 185 and three quarters. Forty pound black cheese remains unchanged at a dollar ninety. Double A butter up two and a half at 2.53 and a quarter. March milk is up three right now at 2207 100 weight april's unchanged 2251 100 weight all right what's the influence in our dairy news this morning cody coster joining us next this is the midwest farm report with pam Youngke. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs. Today, Rebath is a complete bath remodeling company. We replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. Rock bottom prices gonna roll them out the door. You gotta go to Goldman, you get more. Goldman cars, rock and roll. Goldman cars, you gotta go to Goldman. Want a great deal? Find it here. We're your discount dealer. Goldman cars is how.
having a huge winter sale with the largest selection of vehicles under $15,995 or $249 per month. That's right, don't miss out on our winter sale with the best selection of SUVs, cars, or vans under $15,995 or $249 per month. We have one of the largest selections of inventory in Dane County with over 500 vehicles in stock. Govan Cars has been family owned and operated for over 50 years. So just come on in and ask for me, Crystal the Pistol Govan. East side, west side, used cars, used trucks. Discount deals, find them here. Govan Cars, you gotta go to Govan. GovanCars.com Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, it is a Thursday, and we turn our attention now to what's happening with the dairy markets, uh, the global situation. Joining us live this morning, Cody Coster with EverAg. You're you're over in Michigan this morning, aren't you, buddy? Yes, ma'am. I am. I am. What's uh, snow look like over there? Uh, not a whole lot. We didn't. We were supposed to get about four inches yesterday, and I think we got about half of that. Uh, but pretty, pretty mild week so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what the weekend brings for us, though. Yeah, exactly. Same thing here. All right, Cody. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with our dairy markets. We haven't seen a lot of big newsmakers. One item that kind of keeps resonating in the dairy industry is that 2021 was a record-breaking year for dairy exports. We've seen our prices here on butter and block and barrel cheese prices kind of escalate because of the vacuum that was available in the world marketplace. Are we still feeling that optimistic, that rosy about what 2022 is going to be like for dairy exports? Yeah, I think there's a lot of folks that are still very optimistic on 2022. Uh, I know the big talk yesterday was during spot, the barrel was brought down three and a quarter uh, cents. And after spot was done um, about 12 Eastern, 1230 Eastern, we started to see futures in class three and cheese rise. Now there's going to be two thought processes that go on yet from yesterday. A lot of folks are going to say uh, there's a WASDE report that actually comes out from milk and dairy and the USDA cut its milk production forecast um, from 227.7 billion pounds to 227.2 billion pounds for the next upcoming month. But there's not a whole lot of people that know that a milk dairy WASDE report actually comes out or when it comes out. So the other train of thought that I've been hearing is export. You know, we've been talking on this show many times that our uh, cheese and butter price are still 50 cent plus discount to the rest of the world. There are a lot of people on the notion that say yesterday export numbers really started to pick up. And there was a lot of folks that came in with great interest of getting products bought to get it shipped overseas. So that could be a big part of why we saw April class three at one point about 72 cents higher. Um, even after the settle, futures continued to rally. Right now, it's kind of a mixed bag. Right now, we're, we're about one lower in March, uh, 15 lower in April. But again, th- th- that's from the overnight trade. We still have to wait for folks to get to their computer this morning and really see what they found out from yesterday's news and yesterday's trade uh, you know, to bring us going forward. Yeah, you, you make a good point, Cody. Cody Coster, again, along with us with Everegg. Uh, that WASDE report, everybody focuses in on corn and beans and forget about some of the other elements. And uh, that is a world perspective. We talk about uh, trends. We've seen milk production here in the United States taper off. What about the global perspective? Did we get any insights there? I mean, I, from the WASDE report, they had a little bit on the milk production from overseas, and they're, they're still... Uh, cows that seem to be going for sale, dairy that seem to be going out 
uh, in some of these other countries and milk production getting cut week over week and, you know, month over month, which leads to a bigger effect of a year over year. And I think the fact that next Tuesday, I believe, is our next GDT auction. And some of these global dairy trade prices are still uh, sitting on some of their peaks and not really coming off of those highs. So I think next Tuesday is going to be a big telling tale of what's going to happen in the global dairy trade. And I know a lot of folks are going to say, okay, the last two GDT auctions, they've been higher. The next day, next three days, we've actually fallen apart. What's going on? Well, if yesterday was any indication, I think it would be of, okay, now our prices have fallen, fallen up, far enough apart, excuse me, that we can get these exports booked and taken care of and shipped to some of these other countries. And if that is true, we should see, should see the trend continue, I guess, for the next couple of days and maybe even a few weeks. Cody, have you seen anything here domestically as far as production? I mean, are plants at full capacity? Are there regions that are deficit? Anything that kind of pops to mind when you're having conversations with industry leaders on that? Just talking to folks, it seems like right now uh, milk production is going well. A lot of these co-ops have put the 10% you know, cap on, on most of the producers in the country. Um, so to say that we're running at full capacity, I believe is fair. A lot of these cheese plants and butter uh, plants have been running at full capacity. And from what I've been hearing, um, some of these plants out west is they're having a hard time either A, finding folks uh, to come in for, for a couple of these ships, or B, there's so many folks that might be sick with either the flu or, or maybe a hint of COVID that they've had to uh, ramp down production because they can't get as many people in the door to make these products, which I think is going to have a bigger effect going forward if it keeps happening on some of these manufacturing companies, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. We're going into Super Bowl weekend. Normally, Cody, that is the signal that our holiday flush as far as consumption is coming to an end. Uh, Thoughts on that? I don't know if the the holiday flush necessarily means it's going to come to an end this year. More people are staying home and working from home. I believe the trend continues that folks are going to, you know, continue to order out, uh, order in, have DoorDash delivered, all that good stuff. I don't see as many people going to the grocery stores anymore and buying these products. It's all pizza, uh, wings, you know, everything that can be delivered to your door easily is becoming kind of the new norm from what I've been seeing the trend transpire into. Yeah, well, I I think you're right. There's a lot of people that got comfortable when they were definitely in lockdown and just kind of keep using the services today. Cody, excellent content as always, my boy. I'll look forward to chatting with you again in a couple weeks, all right? All right. Thank you, Pam. Take her easy. Cody Coster along with us, joining us live this morning, like he said, from his uh, post in Michigan. And he is with EverAg. You can find him online ever.ag and remember they've got uh, locations all around the countryside because all they do is uh, deal with dairy producers dairy processors all right don't forget coming up uh, we are going to be chatting a little bit more on super bowl sunday and what it means to the dairy industry and uh, as always remind you midwestfarmreport.com you can get signed up for our daily e-newsletter then you won't miss a thing and remember midwestfarmreport.com also has a lot of on-air features you can re-listen to See you.